Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Stylishly Sustainable Podcast, a place where style and sustainability meet. My name is Monica Diaz, and I am your host and a sustainable style coach and consultant and owner of Monica Diaz Mode. I started this podcast to educate myself more and actually to educate others about sustainable fashion and a sustainable lifestyle. I will bring some tips and tricks on how to take those first steps, those baby steps towards sustainability to make it easy and lasting because it is those little steps, the baby steps that make a huge difference towards a more sustainable future. But my favorite part of this podcast is that I get to bring to you, to introduce to you brands that are leading the way towards sustainability and doing it with a lot of style. We get to hear their stories and where they are in their sustainable journey. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Shreya Misra, who along with Danielle Salinas founded Maison du Papillon in 2013 and Project Gaia in 2020. Maison du Papillon is a women's wear brand that keeps its focus on the people, the planet, and its products. The foundation pieces from the brand's collections are known for their versatility, luxury, and comfort, with their sustainable fabrics made of superior natural fibers, which include silk and cashmere. The loungewear and ready-to-wear pieces that Maison du Papillon designs are must-haves for the world traveler and the modern woman on the go. Project Gaia New York City is a place where art meets sustainable living and innovation blooms. While many businesses were going under during the pandemic, Shreya and Danielle geared their focus towards helping and building up others and their brands. I hope you get to know their story better and enjoy our conversation. Now let's get this conversation started. Hi, everyone, and I am here to introduce to you Shreya Misra. Shreya, did I pronounce that correctly? Absolutely. Great. And she is the owner and designer of uh, Maison du Papillon, along with Danielle Salinas. And they also have a fabulous boutique called Project Gaia that is all about sustainability. So, uh, Shreya, let's start with the story. I love all the stories that are how people really get into this sustainable journey. So tell us a little bit about how this happened. How did it all start? So let me tell you a little about the fashion brand, the luxury fashion brand that uh, is Maison de Papillon. And we co-founded Maison de Papillon in 2013. It's been around eight years. And both of us, Danielle and I, we come from a different background. We don't come from a fashion background at all. Um, we um, have worked in different fields. I was more into IT and then training in HR. I studied computers. Um, always wanted to go into some kind of creative, you know, a creative um, field. But mm-hmm. um, you know, the parental pressure and um how (laughs) absolutely everyone talks about fashion they're like "Mm, I don't know about that (laughs) right not only fashion I mean um anything creative anything creative uh you know um people want their children to be successful in um computers or uh, you know become lawyers or doctors doctors absolutely And, and that's what happened with me um I 
studied studied computers and um, worked in IT for a little bit. Um, then I moved on to training in HR, um, worked with a couple of MNCs, um, worked on, on television back in India. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, when I moved to New York, I was looking um, to study art. Okay. Um, so I was, you know, I was trying to research and I was trying to do my, um, uh, I, I was trying to do my research on the colleges and various art programs. And that's when I met one of, uh, uh, I met a person um, and she's a very good friend now. Um, and I met her at a wedding and um, she was going to fashion school um, and she must've been a couple of years younger to me. Um, and I always thought fashion is something that you start early on, you know, when you're 18. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and um, I was quite surprised and she told me she's going to Parsons. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, hmm, um, that sounds like uh, something, you know, I would be interested in. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of going into an art school, I decided to go into a fashion school and I applied to Parsons and uh, got in. And that's where I met Danielle. Okay. Uh, and we clicked instantly um, because of our backgrounds. We both had worked uh, in similar um, areas. She'd worked in media, I'd worked in media and advertising. Um, and uh, our interests were similar. We both loved traveling. Our mood boards ended up looking very the same. <laughs> um, she was great at presentation. She is. Um, she's great at selling, um, and I'm okay with designing and, you know, I, think uh, I can sketch because that's what uh, I knew, you know, I, right. I, 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 um, uh, I am an artist. Right. And, um, so I, that, you know, and she was already looking at launching her brand while going to school and that, and I had my own concept of a brand and she launched her brand and. Uh, we decided to travel to explore more business opportunities. Um, and during that travel, we decided this is happening. This is almost organic, um, that we are working towards a similar goal. Uh, she had uh, her, you know, she, uh, her brand was um, uh, loungewear, sleepwear, and she wanted to make eye masks. Oh, and nice. I wanted okay. to do travel wear. Okay. And uh, and that's when we decided, why don't we combine these two elements and make a brand um, that caters to both our visions? That's right. Um, and that's when, and, and that's Maison de Papillon was born. Um, and um, it was a mainstream brand. Uh, yes, our North Star was not sustainability right from the beginning. Okay. It was a big word back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, but nobody really knew how to go about it. That's uh, right. Only a few pioneers, you know, only a few brands were really spearheading the motion. Um, and, we, you know, we, we were a small new brand, not, not, you know, both of us not from the fashion background. Um, but we were well exposed to the concept. And we didn't talk about sustainability right from the beginning. We didn't claim to be a hundred percent sustainable brand, right. but our focus, our we were conscious, we were fo our focus, and um, uh, you know, we were conscious right from the beginning about 
I think a lot of people kind of felt it. I'm sorry to interrupt you, um, but I think you're so right. It wasn't like something that people did it consciously. I think it becomes something that you're like, oh, I, I want to be like, I love the idea of this. Like, this sounds so cool. I really like it. And you start learning a little bit more about it little by little, you know? Right. And as you evolve and you get to, you know, you, you figure out your supply chain, you figure out, uh, That's right. what, you know, making the right decisions. Right. Um, That's right. And, and our focus, and uh, like I said, we were conscious about the planet. We were conscious about the people that we were working with, and we were conscious about our customers that we were, um, uh, you know, catering to. That's right. And um, our, we were driven to provide our customers solutions. Mm -hmm. You know, essentially a solution-driven uh, luxury brand, um, and uh, that's when we came out with uh, a sort of a collection which was loungewear, which could be worn and styled in different ways. Uh, it, it was for a woman on the go, a woman who doesn't have enough time at hand. You know, she's and what year was that, Shreya? It was in 2013. 13, okay. Hmm? Okay. Right. And, um, and slowly and steadily, we, as we stepped into the sustainable journey, which is mm -hmm. again a big word, and there are various aspects of sustainability. Various, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. We um, we started an initiative which was developing reversible garments. So not it only that, not only you travel light, but you end up buying less and buying less. options with one piece. Right, mm -hmm. and um, these garments were designed in a specific way. These, we were very careful about uh, how the seams were done, how, uh, you know, what the quality of the product is, longevity is, uh, you know, was the primary focus because we wanted to produce classic items which can stay in your uh, closet for years and years to come. You can mm -hmm. pass, pass it on uh, to generations and, um, you know, circularity was also, look, you know, we, we were also looking at circularity. Right, I'd be a circular company and, and the circular products. You know, I think that becomes, um, I'm glad that you said that it's a journey because a lot of people today, because now it's become more of a, of a mainstream word to be sustainable, they think that you can snap your fingers and be sustainable. And it's not that way, it is a journey. It's a I, journey I, because of all the steps. Is 100% fashion, a sustainable fashion, is it really a thing? I mean, I'm still learning that, but I agree. It's it's a little. If you take the concept of what sustainability is, a hundred percent sustainable could only be achieved by any very young new designer that decides from the start that this is going to be. And then there's those that will argue with you that you're still producing, and that you exactly. shouldn't produce at all. Yes. You know constant uh, you know the dichotomy of want versus need the the cognitive right. dissonance you know that okay we're saying we are sustainable but then we are producing exactly right you know? so it, it, it is um it is a you know difficult situation to be it is it, it, and i think the, the phrase you're going to use a little bit it, it does work here which is a little bit of a catch-22 which is a little bit of like you know you're trying to do something but then someone tells you it's not enough and mm -hmm. I think you know the reason I started the podcast is because I want people to understand that journey that 
designers like yourself are taking, you know, the brands like yourself are taking, which is, you know, you are trying your best and you're learning through it. And we have to be able to support you so that every step of the way you can become a little bit more sustainable, a little bit more sustainable until we, we, I'm sure that we will reach that point of what hundred percent sustainability looks like. It has to be step-by-step. Step. It has to be, you know, oh, brick by brick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't build, you know, a, a house in the step of the fingers. It's, it's a, every brick is, you know, and you've got to make sure that you lay them out the right way. Right. So yeah. I, I think that that's a great thing. Now, what is it in, I've had the pleasure of going to, um, to your, to your shop. Tell us a little bit about um, Project Gaia and what that is. So Project Gaia is really a COVID baby. Um, and like I is said- Is it that young? I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. We, we um, started, we initiated the concept Project Gaia um, during the lockdown, I would say. Um, it was in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, the store Project Gaia, uh, we uh, started it in April. Okay. April 2020. So it's very young. It's a baby. I didn't know it was that young. Okay. It, it's a baby. So like I said, Maisonne Papillon has been in the industry for, you know, and, uh, we've been in the industry for eight years now. And um, it's a luxury, sustainable luxury fashion brand. Um, and um, during pandemic, obviously everybody, uh, you know, had had to step back and take a pause and, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, look at the way, uh, look at ways and means to sustain uh, businesses, you know, that's right. small businesses, especially. Um, and that's when we found ourselves kind of collaborating in different ways, mm-hmm. um, maybe helping, you know, our um, clients, our, uh, uh, you know, the stores with their paperwork, with, you know, educating them with PVPs. Um, the stores that carried your Maison de Papillon brand. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's a relationship, right? They, of course. They're, they're a family. Yes. And, uh, a lot of, um, and also along with that, our contemporary brands and, you know, uh, the people we worked, we've worked with, we knew um, all this while. And um, while we were, you know, uh, trying to sustain ourselves, we were trying to, whatever information we were getting, we were passing it on. And, I love that. Um, and with the whole, you know, with, with that energy and with that um, thought um, sprung up Project Gaia, which was a benevolent, uh, kind, you know, um, the kind of an initiative. Uh, and we thought of collaborating with different brands um, or directly with artisans. And mm-hmm. we thought of creating products using each other's resources. Mm. And creating something which was in demand, which people needed. And uh, the first product that we created was uh, a face mask, which was used, uh, which we created by using our leftover silk. Mm, um, Really? Fabric. And uh, um, we collaborated with a skincare brand called Nesco. Mm -hmm. uh, And um, they make collagen uh, face masks. And we Put them in a package. Um, she developed something specifically for mask knees. Mm-hmm. You know, you put that mask and you get uh, you um, 
you break out, you get all of that mm -hmm. buildup. Yeah. Right. Those are the masks, uh, you know, that stone, the stone came up, uh, you know, as a great idea. And um, so she did a detoxifying mask, uh, specifically targeting maskne. Mm -hmm. And um, silk, as you know, you know, it, uh, it, it is antibacterial. Bacterial, that's right. It's moisturizing. Um, and uh, we created this beautiful product and it sold immediately, you know, before we even got the product at hand, we already oversold it. Um, so that was one, I mean, utilizing each other's um, resources mm -hmm. and uh, also, you know, in itself, it's, it's empowering because both of both these brands were women led. Um, so that, that was also a, a factor, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, then the second launch we did was um, the Amrit collection, which was um, Maison de Papillon collaborating with an Indian artisanal brand called Amrit. So it was MDPX Amrit. Um, so we worked directly with the artisans who um, hand make all the fabric and hand paint them, hand print them. We use ancient uh, techniques like batik and tie and dye. Yes. Um, the fabric is spun uh, on on looms. You know, it's all hand spun. Uh -huh. Yep. Um, You're talking my language now. I love all. <laughs> that exactly textiles. Yes. yes. Um, yes. So we we worked with Kadi, which is an organic cotton um, mm -hmm. produced in India, and um, it, it was such a crucial time that mm -hmm. we were able to help the artisans stay afloat. Yes, you and know? I saw some of those pieces, and they're beautiful. We did see that because we have already moved that. Yeah, yes, I know. I saw that in the summertime. I'll tell you how I got how I found you guys. So mm -hmm. yeah, I saw that, and I, I was like. This is so beautiful. Uh, so continue. That, I'm so sorry. that did really well. The silhouette was beautiful. Um, the you know the texture, the hand. Again, the, these these garments are all machine washable. They last forever. Um, quality has not been compromised on. Not at and, all. I know it, it was a luxury product. I mean. I saw that product and that was a luxury product. And I think the color combinations, like the beautiful print that you got out of that, um, it, it was sophisticated, right? you know, which a lot of the times when people think of sustainability, they don't think of sophisticated products. You know, a lot of the times, and I think, and we'll get on to that later on, but um, that I found, it was a beautiful collection. I saw it in the summertime, so. So th those were some of the um, the people that you were collaborating with. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So that was a collection that we uh, developed again during COVID, and that was taken really well. Our hotels had started opening up, our properties had started opening up. Mm -hmm. um, so Maison Papillon is carried in um, various hotel properties. We are the authorized vendor for Four Seasons Hotel. Um, we are also in a lot of uh, other luxury. Um, resort properties and hotel properties, um, along with boutiques and stores and concept stores, just like ours. Right. Um, so yeah, it was taken really well. It was received very well. Um, pe uh, obviously, people were a little uh, surprised, or um, I would say they were not expecting um, something uh, totally different from what we've already always done. Right. Um, but um, and, and it, 
although we were still true to our brand and our classic silhouette, it was still different. You know, it was something very new and fresh that they were seeing. So they accepted it with, you know, uh, uh, with all their heart and might. And um, they understood the cause behind it. Right. That was yeah. very yeah. I feel, first of all, the story is a lot more um, interesting, moving than I even thought about. I did not know that you guys had started this whole project during the COVID movement. I didn't know how much collaboration was within uh, the Project Gaia, and that makes it even more special because I feel, um, I love the idea of collaborating with other brands and sharing you know, what you know and what they know. Because I think the sustainable um, market in fashion is so, uh, I think it's a very small space right now that is trying to get bigger, but does need that collaboration with people. You know, you do need to tell each other, look, this is what I know. Look, I, this is, uh, I, I love this factory or I love this artisans or, you know, you need to share resources with each other. Yes, exactly. That's the only way to grow. Otherwise, the Amazons of the world or the, you know, the big conglomerates, you know, they're going to kill us. They are. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, when you were, we're speaking about all the different ways that you can be sustainable, right? And I love the idea that you did this whole reversible um, silks, which I, again, had the pleasure of seeing them. Um, they're so beautiful because it's a nice weight of a silk and it really is reversible. Mm -hmm. Do you find that your client um, uses the product to, um, to all its potential? Yes, because it's so easy. There is, there is, you know, you don't really have to do it except for flipping it inside out. Right? <laughs> so, you know, at, at times, um, a lot of versatile garments, you know, you don't end up using it to its full potential because it's a little difficult to assemble it or, you know, you're right. like, oh, let me just wear it like this, um, you know, the way I've been wearing it for all these days. But um, it is so easy. Also, the e uh, you know, the, um, the fact that you can create an entire new outfit out of uh, the same garment. Um, it's just the ease, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. and the versatility. Like, So let's talk about what would you say to those people that think sustainable fashion is boring? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's changing now. Um, I. You know, a couple of years ago, um, when it, it used to be the organic, the sustainable right. um, the, the, the aspect, it used it was only uh, confined to like a hippie grocery store where you would find a bruised apple. Which is <laughs> you know, that that if that's the you know uh, that used to be the thought process of people, you know. Um, yes. Uh, is a crumpled cotton burlap or, you know, or, uh, you know, but um, sustainable, sustainability and sustainable um, is such a big word. It really um, is. There, it constitutes of so many things, you know, it, uh, it could be sustainable and it could be polyester because it is a recycled polyester. That's right. Or, um, or a polyester from, 
the archives of the factories, uh, you know. So you're reusing something that, you know, that you did, that you had then, for years yeah. that you really didn't have to make. And it would end, end up in a, a landfill. That's right. Know? It's undoubtedly fashion is the biggest, one of the biggest contributors of, you know, global waste. Um, so that's sustainable. And you could, you know, imagine you could produce so many beautiful things out of these recycled. And I think um, that's what, uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, uh, but it's funny because, you know, again, sustainability has so many pillars, right? Um, all the way from, you know, the beginning of what is your textiles and the people that work that industry, mm -hmm. right? right? Into manufacturing and how you manufacture something and the people that work that industry right. <laughs> into, you know, retail and sales and the people that work that industry. So it's not just the process, but it's the people and how does that affect? And then it goes all the way to the end of that garment and what happens to the end of it, you know? And are you, now do you put it in that landfill or do you make it circular? Do you redo it or break it down? You know, um, luxury within itself, like luxury brands um, that have been using, of course, high-end factories to do something, natural uh, um, materials, um, their garments can last for decades. You know, if you buy a Chanel jacket that costs you all this money, it's going to last you for, it's already sustainable because of all of this. Right, and, and it's classic. And it's classic, absolutely. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and that, that's again uh, sustainable can be stylish if it is made well if the customer you know at the end of the, the emphasis lies on the customer right who's it does absolutely and if you're making the right decision if you're making the right choice sustainability totally can be luxurious it can be chic it can be uh, very it stylish. Be, absolutely it can even be trendy can be trendy, yes. Absolutely, you know, and I feel like, um, so going through um, Project Gaia, the, the shop in, in Chelsea, I actually found you guys, I'm gonna tell you right now, it was in your South Street Seaport um, uh -huh. location. I was with my niece and we were looking around, you know, just um, kind of like doing a little bit of market research, you know. I knew that I wanted to start the podcast, I was, um, looking for brands, you know, and I saw that it said Project Guy. I'm like, you know, this sounds like it could be something that's sustainable, but I don't know. It looks really like it looks really pretty, and there's a lot of different things in there, right? I was like, let me let me go, let me go in. Um, uh -huh. And I went in. Up uh, to my surprise, it was everything I dreamed of sustainability being. You know, so much was a lot. Easy. Yeah, it was easy. It was chic. Um, it um, it was a lot of different items, and there was a lot of things that were trend forward. Right. You know that you can make it to whatever style you want. You know. So when I went this past week to look through the through the Chelsea shop, um, again, you had now now you had fall, and there were beautiful cashmere's. Right. That you can blend with the silks. Yeah. Um, you had all of these different things that 
I think a lot of people that walk in are exiting buying sustainable and they really didn't even think that they were going to go into that journey. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I love that. But it, yes, you uh, actually, you got it bang on, you know, that that's exactly what happens. Uh, a lot of customers, when they walk in, they don't even know it, you know, what kind of a store it is. They, they, they have no idea. I mean, just like, for you, it was serendipitous almost, uh, you know, yes. when you the seaport store, um, uh, a lot of people from the neighborhood, a lot of tourists who walk in, uh, have no clue. Of course, they are much educated. I mean, they, they have that exposure. They're well-traveled, um, you know, most Flatiron, Chelsea, um, both these areas have uh, a customer who is, um, you know, uh, discerning, uh, you know, and um, uh, the whole idea is to educate these people um, more about these brands that we have curated, mm -hmm. uh, and we take immense uh, pleasure in, you know, um, sharing our discoveries with them. Um, and the staff is trained um, accordingly. You know, every they they know each and everything about the brand. Um, they like talking about those things. Uh, That's they, right. You know, it, it's an entire experience when they walk in. Um, they come in, come in not knowing about anything, but they take so much with them, you know, whether they buy or come back to buy again. Um, but it stays with them. Yes, you know, uh, it's, um, again, I think here's where um, our world, and I think like always attracts like, right? Um, this podcast is exactly that as well. It's I want people to know the stories of these brands because that's how I fall in love with something. You know, I fall really? in love with, you know, I I also love to travel and I love to hear, find things, places. And I love to, the story that goes behind that, you know, and I love to hear how people make things, you know, that's the creative in me. And uh, what, what made you, what drives you to do this? And how do you put this collection together? And what's your vision? Because every one of these people are artists, you Absolutely. know, and sometimes we don't even think of them that way. And they are all yeah. artists. They are. Yeah. So and I think that's beautiful. It, it is. And uh, Project Gaia, as a space we wanted to create, uh, an all-inclusive space where we welcome everybody. Um, if there is a cause, we want to support it. Um, if uh, if there is a compelling story that you want to share, mm -hmm. you know, we want to share it along with you. Um, and it, it's an experience. We, like I said, it's an experience not only for the customer, also for the brands that we carry. Absolutely, yeah. I think they get to share their story as well. And sometimes when you are telling your story, sometimes we take what we do for granted and then you realize, oh my God, this is, the... and when people are telling you, it's always really nice to hear people tell you that they resonate with what you're doing, you know, as, as a creative, you know, you're feeling like, oh my God, everything I put together, people love. And I think, and there's going to be some people that are not going to love it. And that's okay too. Okay because too, yes. It's not for everyone. Not everything is everyone. for everyone. You cannot please everyone. Although the focus is um, 
the planet and the people. Um, you know, you have to make choices which are good for the planet, but also uh, good for people in terms of affordability. So you have to kind of, you know, if if uh, like if there are brands which are heavily inclined towards being a hundred percent sustainable, sometimes you know it ends up to be not. You know, you might end up with a hundred percent sustainable product, but not affordable. Correct. It, it becomes very, very expensive depending on what it is. Um, right. And and there is those little um, bumps in the road, right? I think it's it's going to start getting to be better. But at the end of the day, a lot of the things, I mean, a lot of the times people end up buying things and they're like, oh, let's just say, for example, these pants cost me $25. That's terrific. You know, they didn't buy the $100 pant because it was $100 and it was sustainable and they couldn't afford it. But yet they bought four $25 pants. So they bought the equivalent of $100 and those things are going to go to waste within, you know, a year. Yeah, they're going to end up in the in the landfill. And yeah, I heard somewhere somebody saying, um, she's one of the trend forecasters. If your sandwich costs, if your t-shirt costs less than your sandwich, there is a problem. There's a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. People don't understand um, the math that goes behind fashion a lot of the times and all of, you know, all everything that the background of fashion, I think, you know, the, the consumer only sees the end product. They see the cost of the end product. They see whether, a lot of them don't even understand the difference in fabrics. They really do not know what the different fabrics are. You know, hopefully this podcast will bring a little bit more of that to their knowledge as well. So they become a little bit more educated. And I find that to be true more in women than in men because men are used to buying differently. You know, they will understand things need to get tailored. They will know that they're going to buy a jacket and it's going and to buy less. Them. Yes, they buy less. <laughs> they buy less and they buy um, quality because that's the way that yeah, they were always taught. Tailors continue to it again, you know, every every month or every, you know, and and men have basics to take care of right exactly less choices <laughs> less right? choices and right. Uh, that it makes life easier for them that's right <laughs> it does and I, women. <laughs> we women you know and i think the idea of us not buying at all is um it's just, it's just not conceivable i think because fashion plays a role in in society in all of us of self-expression you know, and we always want to renew and do something different. You know, people are always going to be consumers, but the idea is not to be over consumers where you just have things that are just hanging there that are meaningless, that they're just, you know, it's just, you're just buying because of compulsive, just because you think that you need to wear something different every day. You know, and what I see that sustainability is bringing back to fashion is creativity. You know, I think the creative, the new designers are going to be, have to be so creative in what is, how do I use this fabric that, you know, 
is is uh, overstock from somebody? How do I make it look new? How do I take sometimes even you know like like redone um, jeans have done? How do I take old jeans to make them look different and make them look cool without having to you know make something that you know produce something else? So I think the future of fashion um, looks different. And how do you see the future of fashion looking? With growing technology, with uh, over skeptical consumer, you know, a scrutin- a consu- with so much consumer scrutiny, with market disruption, I think fashion is headed for a change which was long awaited. Absolutely. Uh, things have already been changing. Um, it, it used to be, you know, uh, stores used to pile up with. The next season, uh, you know, way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I used to always wonder who buys a fur jacket <laughs> in the middle of you know, in July. In July, and yeah. uh, uh, and this was the this was a trend for years and years, and you can already see it changing. People absolutely is available right now. There is a huge problem of demand and uh, I mean supply. Um, which also needs to be addressed. Um, Things have to change. And yes, there was a major acceleration because of COVID. Um, And, you know, I mean, we are all sad, but something good came out of it. Something good always does. Absolutely. You know, when I think of how fashion was um, many, many years ago when New York used to be all about boutiques like Project Gaia, you know, that's why people came to New York. You know, they came to be able to get out of anything that was not in their mall in, you know, in in middle America. It was about looking for these, you know, really niche designers, this really, you know, uh, different things. I have a... I have a vision of New York getting back to being part of that, you know, where mm-hmm. where it is these beautiful, you know, curated spaces and right. a limit of these overconsumption kind of stores. Right. And it's it also goes back to, um, you know, in, uh, again, uh, creating an experience for the customers who are looking to be um, serviced in a, uh, in a certain way. Um, there's an element of high e- EQ um, person, a personal mm-hmm. handling uh, the customer. Um, you know, as the customer walks in, you already know what the customer has bought in past. There is a personal, uh, you know, there's personalization. That's right. Um, the customer feels at ease and, you um, uh, you know, I'll talk about um, Project Gaia. It is such a calm, soothing place. Not, you know, not a lot of people are walking in. It just gives me that, you know, it it, uh, calms their nerves, you know. I think it does. And we have big, giant child rooms and um, it it makes them feel safe. We have high ceilings. You've seen those ceilings. Yes, beautiful. Um, you know, in today's climate, it is good for air circulation. So, you know, um, they they come in, they try as much as they want. Um, 
again, you know, whether they buy or not buy, that's that's secondary. You know, the, the fact that they feel good when they step in, they feel nice when somebody tells them what looks good on them, uh, right. is honest about, uh, you know, their feedback. And that, that's what it what matters. And um, well, retail still is coming back because, yeah. you know, although retail has, uh, has suffered for the last past couple of years, but then um, retail is the price you pay, retail space or the rent is the price you pay for customer acquisition. Because that's mm-hmm. feedback then and there for all these brands which are featured. You that's know? right. And it's all about, you know, I think yeah. the loveliness of customer service, you know, um, the luxury of customer service. I love when I go into a space and I am greeted and mm-hmm. that I am acknowledged. Hi, um, Yes, and it's and it's not about what are you going to buy, and if you're not going to buy, or you, you know, it is about that experience. I've worked retail before. I've looked. I've worked luxury retail, uh, and it really is about. I want to know how I can help this person. I'm not just saying it because it's a line. It really is. Listen, I know what's here. I know what it's going to look good on you. How can I help you? You know, let me know. Um, if, if there's an occasion, if there's anything special, and if you're not, if it's, you just want to look around and you want, feel free, you know, I'm still here for you. You're not in, in their faces. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you give them the space, you give them the ease. That's right. Or yeah. That, you know. Yeah. And I think that is a hopefully the new retail as well, that they understand that the consumer has a choice. They can either buy online and absolutely have no interaction with anybody or now they do have interaction with people online now that is part of it because people understand that no matter what we as consumers want to you know relate to the brand yeah one way or another you know we need to relate to them so yeah i i agree i mean i think the future of fashion good Yes, the retail is not going anywhere. Past, even you know, if you look at data, most of the sales um, you know happens at retail spaces as compared to e-commerce. Still in the U.S., mm-hmm. so, although e-commerce is growing and um, so much digitization is happening, um, and it might change in future, but um, retail is nowhere to is staying. Since, since, you know, what is consumerism has been happening since the beginning of time, right? We've been exchanging goods for services. So I think it's going to continue. I agree. It's just going to look different. You know, I think it's going to look um, hopefully a little bit more like Project Gaia looks, right? It's going to be a lot more of collaborations between brands. It's going to be, you know, about the experience, about the environment, about helping, um, you know, Charities, like you said. Now, what's one of the charities that um, Project Gaia supports? It's called Indian Dreams Foundations, IDF for all. Uh, And it's based out of India. Uh, We support um, girls from the slums. Uh, We support their education. We support, um, uh, we provide for their health uh, and uh, menstrual uh, related uh, education and uh, mm. uh, uh, we we work at grassroots level. I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's wonderful. I think, and that's the other thing. I love to hear how brands, and usually sustainable brands, every one of them that I have spoken to so far, there is something there that they're giving back to. I think it is part of the nature of that entrepreneur to give back to other people. I think it is part of the sustainable personality. Exactly. And and the way they're sourcing, uh, you know, for instance, there is uh, a brand called Essas and they make uh, moisturizing hand sanitizers, which mm. is the need of the, the hour, of course. Um, but they are buying from the local farms um, their waste product. So they're buying the waste, the vegetable, which you, you know usually go go to waste. They're buying right. the vegetables, they're fermenting it, making it into alcohol. Um, same way they're making their fragrances, they're buying flowers and their bok choys or you know, whatever is needed to create their, their fragrances. They create these fragrances and the alcohol in their own labs. Um, based in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and um, they make a beautiful product which is called Essas, and um, uh, it, the product itself is called Colonia, which is which is derived from Cologne. Uh -huh. uh, and it's a Turkish um, concept where uh, if you go to some somebody's place, they uh, put that Colonia in your hand. In your hands. Colonia in your hands, and then and you smell good. It's oh, you know. One, oh. What a, what a beautiful, I think I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's such a beautiful story. And um, yeah. the way they make it is it's so beautiful. It, they produce in small batches. Um, and um, they do different fragrances. And it's beautiful. Yeah. So let me, if you had to pick a favorite <laughs> item in your collection, what would that be for this fall? It'll be the Solel slip dress which is reversible okay it's a very versatile slip dress um you could wear it two ways it has a string tie that is adjustable of course you could adjust the uh, length the of the strings mm -hmm. um and it, and it looks cute um it's a slip dress cut on a bias so it's very my uh, favorite you know <laughs> right uh, it, it's uh you know and it fits really well um bias as you know you know it gives it has a certain shape and it absolutely um, it really makes you up there it, um it doesn't it's not that uh you know revealing or um you don't really need a perfect perfect figure you know 10 figure um to flaunt it that's um, right looks good on most people um and um the fact that it is reversible you can wear you know get yeah. to wear of it and we offer it in beautiful colors. Um, there's a blue, a navy, and a, a, a nice yellow. Oh um, my God, that's my favorite and color. A, and a, a sea glass blue. Oh, perfect. You know, that's funny because I didn't see that dress. I, I'm like, I missed it. I'm, I'm upset because that's one of my favorite things is a bias cut silk because it's so flattering on every figure it just looks so good you know it just hugs the woman in the right ways and it's usually extremely comfortable because it stretches and it moves with you right you know? and, and something like that you can wear in the summertime as a slip dress put a sweater over it, over and it yes put a jacket i mean 
style it up or you can wear it with sneakers and it looks as casual as it can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wear a t-shirt under it or not, you know, so. It can be styled in so many different ways and it can be a staple, it, there's, you know, it, it's a staple piece, just like a little black, black dress. You must own a slip dress and even better if it is reversible. I agree. I agree. Now, was there anything else that you wanted to uh, let the audience know, either about Project Gaia or about Maison de Papillon? I think we've covered the, covered more, most of it. Um, like I said, Project Gaia is a space, a concept, uh, con, uh, is a concept-driven space uh, where we encourage uh, people you know our brands to mingle with with each other um it's it's a place of discovery um not only for the end customer but also for the brands um you know they find a lot of new brands have found mentors um you know who've been in the industry for years and years and um a lot of other a lot of brands have also found um partners or, you know, uh, with whom they have created a new product and, you know, right. collab. So, yeah, that's about so, Project Gaia. Let me um, have one last question for you. And that is, what does being sustain, uh, stylishly sustainable mean to you? Stylishly sustainable means to me being smart, it's being smart about your choices um you know trends come and go but classic stays um and sustainability can be stylish at the same time if your choices are uh if, if you make a good choice you know um buy long-lasting garments um read uh, labels and you know uh, ask questions and be smart about your choices absolutely i love that I love that. Um, and Shriya, let them know where they can follow you and where they can find you um, so that people get to experience uh, both Maison de Papillon and Project Gaia. Yeah, you can find us on our Instagram at Maison de Papillon and Project Gaia NYC. And the websites are MaisonDePapillon.com and ProjectGaiaNYC.com. And we are on Facebook too. Thank you so much for um, just giving us so much rich information and of course for bringing such a beautiful product to all of us. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Shriya from Maison du Papillon and uh, Project Gaia as much as I did. Please follow them on Instagram at Maison du Papillon and at Project Gaia NYC. And of course, go into the shop, go into this Chelsea store, uh, Project Gaia, and enjoy the experience and the beautiful products that they have in this space. And follow me on Instagram at Monica Diaz Mode. And most of all, subscribe, subscribe to the Stylishly Sustainable podcast so that you get to hear a new episode every Wednesday. And of course, I hope to see you here next week. Go on to at monicadiazmode.com. Go to monicadiazmode.com to the website to download a free guide on how 
to start that stylishly sustainable uh, journey. Okay, I hope to see you soon. Remember to subscribe and to be here next week for the Stylishly Sustainable podcast.